How do I navigate healing with my partner when they haven't gone to therapy? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Brandon, Dude, what's going on, man? You're looking good today, man. <laughs> Just it's, normal. <laughs> man, you're a good looking guy, though. What? You know, I, 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 get, I get to wake up on a Monday morning. You know, usually Mondays suck, whatever. It's always great for me because I get to see your smiling face. Whatever, man. It's those flowing <laughs> Fabio locks that make my day, man. So you're the one with the, the nice hair. I'm just like this short haired, kind of starting to bald on the front kind of a guy. So. Yeah. Well, Hey, you're, you're, you're definitely the best looking brother. <laughs> so, sorry, Rue. <laughs> That's absolutely not true at all. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, anyways, uh, I wanted to, just before we jump in today, Brandon, I just wanted to like mention to all of our listeners again, we do, we mentioned it a couple, I think a couple of weeks ago, but we have the Rising Sun website for the Rising Sun Conference is live now. We've already sold about half of the tickets already. Um, and just wanted to mention it for our listeners again to go look at risingsun.org. Again, risingsun.org and give it a look if you're interested in possibly coming and have a full experience with us as it relates to, you know, healing as a man with not just sex addiction, but growing into, you, you know, the life God designed you for. Yeah. Um, just embracing who you are, your masculinity. And, um, but, but, uh, one thing I want to say about that is don't procrastinate it. Um, go sign up now. It's in up in Bear Lake, Utah, uh, the end of September. And it's, uh, it's awesome, but it will fill up. So if you procrastinate, you'll be, you'll be on our, our wait list when we're partying up there in September. So, Go sign up now. Great. All right, Brandon, let's jump into it. Today we've got, <clears throat> this is, we've got you, Brandon, which is what you, your pet peeve is that you always get called Brandon and our guest name today is Brandon. So yeah. we might just be going back and forth here, but Brandon, welcome to the show. So glad you're willing to come on today. Um, why don't you just give us a little bit of background and then ask your question and we'll have a discussion. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on guys. A um, little bit of background, I guess. Uh, so me and my husband, we met in 2016. Um, started dating. Uh, we ended up moving in together late 2016. And I mean, basically, we just started hanging out and just never really stopped. I mean, we just clicked. It was great. You know, things were things were awesome. Uh, about a year or so after we started meeting, and I mean, I I had addiction problems beforehand too. I, when we met, I feel like I was in a really good place of control at the time. You know, I had things under control. You know, I I just come out of the closet a few years before. I was kind of living off of that high. Think things were pretty good, and then I just fell back into the addiction about a year or so after we after we initially met. Um, I kept everything from him for years. We ended up getting married in eighteen. And uh, still just couldn't, I mean, I had lulls and, and, you know, times I could keep away from it, but it just, it took control. And uh, in June of 22 was D-Day. 
that's when everything came out. He found everything pretty much. And, uh, you know, he separated for a couple months. Um, there was an extended disclosure, disclosure during that couple months. He found more in some older phones about how far back it actually went and how bad it actually all was. Um, we, uh, like I said, we separated for, for about two months. I just went to work down in New Mexico um, in September of last year. We decided we were going to try things out again, got back together. We moved houses. You know, we just, we tried to do everything on our own. I wasn't ready to admit that I had an addiction. I wasn't ready to break up with it yet. Um, I was seeing a therapist. It wasn't a sex addiction therapist. It wasn't the right therapist. I wasn't in the right therapy. I mean, it helped, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I needed. It wasn't actually getting into recovery. And I had a, I had a couple of relapses, um, getting back on apps and doing things I shouldn't. And in January that got discovered and we separated again in January. Um, since then I had found a sex addiction therapist started seeing him in February um started going to the SAA groups in March you know and I really I found my path to recovery and it's the big thing is I hope it's not too late but it might be so that's kind of where we're at right now just making sure I understand your your most recent disclosure or discovery was in January of this year yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had two or three relapses just uh, getting on apps and, and talking to people that I shouldn't. Gotcha. And since then, since then you've kind of gotten into like more targeted specific kinds of like recovery work then. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I'd say February is when, when my recovery work actually started legit. Okay. So, so talk about your recovery work. So you got in with a, a CSAT, you say you're going to a group. Yeah. Um, what, what have been some of the big, um, shifts and the, the things that have happened in your recovery work? Um, I mean, really the, the biggest shifts is, is finding out about myself, you know, like, and when kind of where all this stemmed from in, in the beginning, really. Um, I mean, the things that I've found out over the last six, seven months, the big things are, uh, just what from the things from my me as to to why i've acted the way i've acted and things that i've done um you know i mean i it's not to say i had a bad childhood but it was it was super neglectful you know it was mm. my my dad was a was a extreme sex addict and he never gave it up and that's what split my parents up when i was um 18 mm. and uh how I many how that, many siblings do you have brandy i've got an older sister and then a younger brother and sister okay and then I think uh, I think with my dad being the way he was, uh, I think there was some some covert incest tendencies between my mom and me because mm -hmm. she couldn't get the emotional support from my dad. Obviously, that wasn't available ever. And then uh, and also me and my older sister were adopted, and then my younger brother and sister were uh, naturally born. Mm -hmm. And I think that plays a little bit of a part too. I think I think so. My Mom and dad adopted me and my older sister. You know, they were ready to, they felt they were ready, ready to raise kids. And then eight years down the road, all of a sudden they had two kids. Wow. And I think that was kind of a, because uh, my mom couldn't have kids forever and ever and ever. And then all of a sudden, bam, there's two new kids that they were not ready for, were, you know, ready to to take care of. And I think that that that, that made a big shift in my childhood right then, for sure. Things, things changed a lot at that point when I was a kid. 
that eight year gap. It's almost like two separate families in some ways. Yeah. Um, so, so Brandon, you were talking, uh, you know, with the question you brought up was about your current relationship. Could I just ask you, like, it says you got emotional when you were talking about this, like, you don't know if it's too late or not. What's the state of your relationship right now? Um, right now we're separated. Um, divorce papers have been filled out since March. Uh, they haven't been filed yet. And just kind of in this holding pattern of not knowing what's going to happen, really. Gotcha. You guys talk a lot. Um, there's been there's been times where we do talk, and then there's been lulls where we don't, and you know it's kind of been back and forth somewhat. Is he where's he at? Is is it just a lot of anger right now, or is it sadness, or kind of a mix of everything? Yeah, not not a whole lot of anger. It's it's mostly sadness, uh, anxiety, fear. Mm. You know, a lot of that just. You know, the pain that I've caused is, I mean, I, I built this amazing world that, you know, he thought that he lived in and I destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And that sucks, but I did that. And he was faithful and loyal and all those things. And, and you just, yeah. des- you destroyed that with your sex addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That hurts. And I can see the pain in your eyes too, realizing how much he loves yeah. you and, and and that you've hurt somebody who you love a lot and and who loves you right yeah i mean i i hurt the most important person in this world to me in the worst way yeah um man there's a lot of different ways to go with this one i want to kind of respect where your question was at today there's a lot of other places I'd like to go with you right now too, Brandon. Like, yeah. and, and before we go any further, I just want you to to know that that line that you just spoke is one that ran through my head a thousand times during the process of our own recovery with me and my wife. Um, the, to to have to look myself in the mirror and go, I, the very thing that I wanted least was to hurt the person that mattered the most, and yet it was the deception that did the hurting. Until and until it came to light, which is it now has for you. And I get it. I see the look in your face. I can hear it in your voice. Like I get that feeling of devastation. And as painful as it is to be where you're at right now, I think you're in a good spot because now you're in the reality of it, which is going to allow you to hopefully start to climb out of the shame of it and take a look at your life in a way where you can start to move forward with different choices than maybe you were making in the past, regardless of what happens. Yeah. Uh, but I just want you to know that I see you and I feel you. And um, let's, let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> a little bit more just about your relationship. Brandon kind of asked this, but how often do you guys talk about the work that you're doing, the things that you're learning, the process that you're trying to work? Do you guys have discussions about that right now? A little bit. I mean, we did. They're not. They're not very consistent. I mean, I. I mean, I try and bring them to him when he's when to see if he's ready to hear some of it or not. You know, I just I don't know when to when to broach that subject with him a lot of the time. So, you do you know what he wants? Does he want to reconcile? Does he want to move toward divorce? Yeah, I think he wants to move towards divorce. Has he decided on that? Has he told you that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been back and forth a couple of times. So in 
Yeah, in March, I believe it was like the end of March, he went to file the papers and then there was something wrong with him that he couldn't, I guess. Okay. And then I I begged him not to. I begged him to go talk to a therapist first, you know, at least give it a few sessions before he filed them. And then we've been in a holding pattern kind of since then. Uh, it was about a month ago he uh, gave me a letter when we were moving out of our house um, that said that, you know, he, he needed... He needed the divorce. He needed to move on and build his own life, you know. And I gave him a letter back just kind of explaining what I knew about my recovery and what I've learned and, and where I'm at and what I got going on. And and then since then, you know, we've just been talking a little bit here and there. Um, I was, I was working with a, well, I've seen this several times, working with a couple and she was she was done she was ready to divorce him and be done and and uh, had written up the divorce papers and and she was saying things like god has told me that divorce is the answer that's what that's what i need to do um and he was not done he he wanted to stay married he wanted to fight for the relationship and and so you know i'd meet with i'd meet with her individually and I, we'd talk and I would absolutely validate her, support her and back her up to move forward with the divorce. Um, and then I'd meet with him individually and I would say, fight like hell for her. Make it extremely difficult for her to divorce you. Not because you're being a difficult asshole, because, because you're, you are being such a man in recovery, it's hard to walk away from you. Because if you feel like God is a- asking you to fight for her, then you need to fight for her. And if she feels like God is asking her to divorce him, then she needs to move toward divorce, right? And it's, yeah. it's this weird thing of like, how can both those things coexist together, right? But what that what it does is it separates out it separates out um, the the relationship a little bit, and it focuses more on who am I and what is good for me, and it and it works itself out. So maybe this this one couple I'm talking about has ended up in many ways reconciling. So they go through the divorce and all of that, and they've reconciled in the long run. Now that doesn't always happen. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know what the future holds, but we do know what you feel right now and how you're feeling. And so, Brandon, if I were to ask you that, if he's saying, I want to move toward divorce, you're begging him not to divorce you. But I, I want you not just not just to what your heart is saying and you don't want to deal with the pain and the emotions. What is your gut saying? What is your truth saying about what is the best thing for you moving forward when it comes to your relationship? I mean, the best thing for me is to to be with him and and to actually both of us communicate properly in a healthy relationship because I don't think we've ever had that. And mm-hmm. I, I'm on both sides, you know. I, I mean, I was horrible at it for sure at a lot of things, but there was a lot of problems on the other side too that that you know were never expressed and talked about properly either. So, you know, so to- with that answer though, Brandon, that that like how how much. Control do you have over that equation? If the best thing is for you to be with him and to communicate in a healthy way and all those things, how much do you have, you know, control over? How much can you affect there? All I can do is come to it open and honest and, and be me. Right. So it's just 50%. 
So he's, he can still walk away. He can still be done. And, and you know, it has a right to. Yeah. And right. And, and, and that's where it's really difficult because you cannot force him or control him or guilt trip him or all those things to, to get him to stay. Yeah. He, with his heart needs to choose in. Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. out of your control. Right. And that's, that's, really, that's really difficult. I think, <clears throat> I think Brandon, like maybe where you're going and <clears throat> just a different way of framing this a little bit is that when we work with couples who kind of end up in the same spot as where you're at right now, Brandon, there's a couple ways that the person who wants to save the relationship will go that is actually not very helpful for a long-term recovery and in turn won't be helpful for a long-term relationship, even though it's what they're trying to do. And they'll either go one way in their shame and go like, I'll file the divorce papers. You deserve somebody better, even though that's not what they really feel and what they think. But they're like, I'm going to show how much I care about you by not being honest with myself. And I'll go, I'll go release you and surrender you. And I'll, I'll do the, I'll push you away. Right. Or they come back the other direction and they're like begging like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Either one of those isn't actually authentic. And, and the pathway forward is actually through authenticity, which is showing up with the strength of your honesty while also offering and acknowledging the 50% that you don't have control over. So in essence, the energy of it becomes, I know that you're hurting bad right now. And I know that you might be leaning out right now. I hope that that's not where we end up. I'm going to continue to fight for our relationship for as long as you're here and as long as you give me that opportunity. And I respect that you need to do whatever you do for yourself. But in the meantime, this is my plan. This is what I'm learning. This is my my plan to move forward. And this is where I hope we end up, right? It's okay to, that's a different energy than please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Like I promise this or this or this or this or this, right? Yeah, um, and that's, that's definitely where I am now. You know, like back in March, like I said, when I begged, I was definitely at the begging, please don't, please don't. And, you know, and since then, I mean, I'm, that's where I'm at now is look, I don't want it. And I understand if you do, and that's totally fine. Like, you know, I, yeah, I don't have control over that. And, and, and the other part of that is that I understand why he wouldn't want to stay in the relationship. I do. I completely get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but this is where Brandon was coming to is perfect. So to get to where you're currently coming to, even though I know I can feel it from you that you really don't want a divorce is that by by approaching it from that perspective you not only surrender the parts that are outside of your control but it puts the focus back on the things you do have control of which is for as long as i'm in this relationship this is how i'm going to fight for it and and now you're taking accountability for your own choices and actions instead of waiting for the other person to make you feel better or, or assure you that it's going to be okay or whatever else this yeah. is the this is the catch 22 and it's really kind of confusing. Um, you, it sounds like you want to fight for him that you want that relationship. 100%. And one of the, one of the best things to do to fight for him is, is to let him go. And, and do you, so do you understand what I mean by that? Like kind of, I guess not really. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's be okay with, the fact that he could be totally done um 
be, and when I say be okay, I'm not saying don't have any pain around that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I mean is that you are confident within yourself. You've dealt with those father wounds that you brought up earlier. You know who you are, that if he walked away, that you don't get caught up in all that abandonment and that rejection and all that stuff. You can stand on your own two feet and actually like really empathize and love him through the pain of him having to do that. Right. So when I say let him go, what I mean is your worth, your value, your world being okay cannot be dependent upon him. And so, and so when you let him go, you let all, you take all of that off of him. That's not his anymore. That's, that's Brandon's and that's between you. That's between you and God. Right. And once you have that, then you can actually love him like crazy. You can love him right where he's at. You can validate him. Um, you can, and you can show up in strength and it comes back to what Tyler was talking about. You're not showing up in begging weakness. Please don't leave me. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the basis of your sex addiction, Brandon. That's why you've gone out and acted out because you're seeking validation. You're seeking wanting to be loved. Yeah. And you can't apply that to try to salvage this relationship now or else you're just kind of perpetuating the same energy again and again. Right. Yeah, and, and that's and that's where I was definitely a couple months ago for sure. I was still there at that point, and yeah. I feel like I'm moving into the stronger where I can take it on myself. And, and you know, I mean, I will be okay even if he if he does ultimately decide to be out. It'll hurt and it'll suck, but you know, just be what it's going to be. Yeah, Tyler, you got a question. I'm wondering too, like, I, I, I think I actually hear you working towards that place right now, Brandon, and that's a hard, hard place to work towards because it feels so counterintuitive. It's like that passenger song, let her go where, you know, if you love me, then you let him go. And it's like, ah, it, it, it feels counterintuitive, but what Brandon's saying is let go of the outcome of that so that you can put your focus on being your best self. And that's the best chance you have anyway. Um, I'm kind of wondering if you're you're also running into a situation with this that this is common for other relationships that that we work with a lot is when you're the one wanting to save the relationship and hold the relationship, you almost find yourself sometimes in a spot where you don't know what to talk about because you're learning in recovery. I want to be authentic. I want to be honest. I want to be transparent. I want to I want to talk about even the things that I'm learning, but I also I'm so afraid that anything I say or do is going to trigger my partner so much that they might then leave me or they might push away further or they might disappear and I don't want to number 1 cause them more pain and number 2 I don't want to run the risk of losing them. And so then you're stuck in this like sort of a a pinch point of how do I move forward in the relationship the way that I'm being taught in my recovery? knowing that there might be these risks involved of my partner, like not being able to hold what I give them. Um, I just was wondering, like, do you run into that issue at all right now, Brandon? Yes, I'd say somewhat. I mean, the, the big thing is that, uh, I don't know how to properly explain this, I guess. Is I feel like when I bring something up that, that, does trigger him he, he just shuts down and like if if we're face to face i can see that and then i can kind of skirt 
around that to something else that's not going to affect him that way. But when I can't, you know, when it's over the phone or through text, I can't see that reaction to it. So I don't know to, to maybe slow down or ease back a little, you know what I mean? So, so you're not opposed to stepping into some of those conversations, but because of the nature of how the conversations are going right now, you're not, you're not able to have a full body of information because it's done over the phone or it's done in ways where you don't get to read that body language and know how you want to approach it or how you want to kind of attune to his feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of leaves you in the dark a little bit. A little sometimes. Uh, Tyler, there's a, <clears throat> I'm going to give away one of our big secrets here, Tyler. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everybody listen up. I don't even know what it is, Brandon, but big, everyone listen big, up. Big, big secrets. Okay. So yeah. when, uh, when you start a relationship, so like when a client comes in to meet with a therapist, um, one of the first things the therapist has to do is build trust because you're going to work through some hard things and, um, you're going to, you're going to step into some hard things and, and so if you don't have trust, let's say a client walks right in and I just start like hammering away, like, let me tell you some truths about your life. Here you go. Bam, bam, bam. What are they going to do? They're going to run away. Yeah. Yeah. I hate, I hate that. <laughs> F <therapist>. him. Yeah. <laughs> he sucks. That sucks. <laughs> he sucks. And so, so Tyler, what do we got to do? We build trust. We take time. We validate. We build some currency so that there's something to draw from when we push for change. Yeah. So we, we call it currency or collateral, or you think about it as a bucket, right? Full of trust. And you actually take withdrawals from that trust at times when you have to get really honest and you have to get really real with somebody. Um, so now here, you think about your, your situation, Brandon. Um, here you are, you started a relationship. He gave of his trust probably pretty freely and yeah. he opened up his heart and he, he gave that to you. And so um, you have a bit more of a challenge than just some client walking into mine, mine and Tyler's office because he filled up that trust bucket and you took it and you you turned it around, Dumped you it out. spilled it all over the ground, then you kicked it down the road, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so now you're looking at it and you're like, gal, in order to build trust with him, we got and have a relationship. We gotta be on. I gotta be honest. I want to. I want to walk through difficult things with him and do this. Um, so how do I, how do I get it where he feels safe enough with me to actually do that hard, honest work with him? Because I've destroyed the trust so bad that I don't know how to even, you know, get him to do that with me. Yeah. And the trust equation um, is, is interesting. It comes back to what I was saying earlier. You really got to have a ton of empathy for his pain. So that's where it starts is, is sex addiction. When you're in your addiction, you have a hard time understanding how much you're actually hurting your partner um, because you're acting out in it. You're kind of, you're coming out of that now, Brandon. You can feel yeah. it in you. You, yeah, you're definitely feeling now. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah, feel, you're feeling it. I'm a different um, person than I was three months ago, hundred percent. Whether or not he acknowledges or that or not, he needs to feel from you that you're feeling his pain. That's step number one. Like, oh my gosh, what I've done is not okay. I have hurt you. I like you can you can be angry, you can be sad, you can be whatever your grief is right now with this. That's okay, right? Um, so 
But at the same time, you need enough strength and enough honesty. So let's say he takes that anger or sadness and he wants to call you every name in the book and hit you and no, because you're going to be honest enough to say that doesn't work for me. Okay. Like I, like I'm still me. I'm still here in the relationship. I see your pain and here's my truths. Okay. So that, that honesty and empathy, you got to be consistent with it over time. Okay. So that's your side of the fence that you can, you can do. You start with heavy empathy, tons of empathy. You add in that real strength and that honesty. You do that over time. There's another side to it. Honesty, empathy, and consistency over time, plus your partner's risk-taking, your partner's vulnerability. You can't build the trust back unless he extends trust again with you, right? Mm -hmm. So what's in your control is to be honest, empathetic, and consistent with him. But your recovery... You do your wound work, you do your trauma work, you do all those things to to root out anything that undermines you being that in the relationship. You do everything you can so that you're an honest, empathetic, and consistent partner. And then you hope that he feels that from you and opens his heart again. And right now, like Tyler said, January, you're in the early stages. He's right where he's right where he should be with his pain, sounds like. Yeah. Um dabbling on divorce and, and ambivalent about the relationship and not really wanting to get too close to you. That's right where he should be. Yeah. And I, and I've been horrible in the beginning of it too. You know, I mean, I, I pushed a lot. I told him we need to make a decision. I was, I was not empathetic. Let's throw, you know, let's I, throw patience in my equation too. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I know, I know I need patience and I am trying really hard to, to patience has never been good for me yeah. not not that it's not good for me it's just not something i've ever been good at and yeah. i'm trying to to get that well it's it's hard when there's so much on the line for you when you care so yeah. much right yeah yeah it's a, it's a, it feels almost insurmountable um but i want to i want to go a little further with what your analogy was brandon because i think where you're going is perfect with with what brandon his question is is that in if as a therapist, once you have that currency of trust built, like once a client knows, oh man, they really are in my corner, they want to fight for me, they love me, they care for me, they're and and we show up, you know, consistently for our clients at a certain point, it's on us to also help facilitate some of that potential shift for change, right? Mm-hmm. So in in Brandon's situation, if he's showing up consistently patiently with empathy and honesty over time as that currency starts to build which you know it's really fresh right now it will be okay and maybe even encouraged to lovingly and kindly also invite the potential for that change to happen Mm. and what i mean by that is you know, as I build, as I have some level of currency to draw from now, I can go to my client and I can say, Hey, you know, like for, let's just say forgiveness for a betrayed partner. If, if they come in on the very first day and you're like, all right, the pathway through this is the, you see how much pain he's in, forgive him. It's it'd be like Christ seven times 70. They're never coming back. But if I build trust with that betrayed partner, and then I say, 
you know, after that currency of trust there, I say, man, your life looks miserable because it looks like you're holding on to some things that are causing a ton of pain. Like it might not hurt to start looking at ways to, to maybe let that pain go for yourself. Right. That's the same thing as saying you need to forgive, but it's done with currency. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say, Hey, you you look kind of miserable now. Like something needs to shift in you. Right. Um, you just can't do that for your own gratification, Brandon. And you can't do it if you don't have that empathy and trust that started to be being rebuilt. Yeah. I think a simpler way to put that is um, absolutely when you have that trust, then conflict can be a, a good thing in the relationship and needs to be there. You are different than him and your honest truths need, need to be heard and, and, and to be there. And the more trust you have, the more he's going to extend a willingness to hear your side of those things. The less trust you have, the more he'll just be like, oh, that's a hard thing that I don't agree with that. I don't want to do like, Meh, whatever, whatever, Brandon. Right. Um, so, but, but conflict and I, whether we would call it conflict or whatever. Tension, healthy tension. Tension, honesty, like when you're different, when you're interdependent, that's a good thing in the relationship. But there is, and what Tyler's talking about in this whole analogy with you know, a, a client coming into a therapist. Um, a lot of times, Brandon, what your original question was, was like, what do I do here? And what people don't understand is that this is not a, a checklist. Um, it's not a, oh, therapy is going to fix it. Awesome. Um, this, this is a grieving process. This is a process. and his feelings probably come and go like waves where there's hope for the relationship. Then there's anger and there's, and, and, and so like that patience thing really is important where you take a step back and understand what's actually happening here. Um, and what you don't want to do is as he's going through that process and he's healing and some days it might really seem like he's not healing because he's angry or whatever is to then throw another wrench in the mix so what you focus on is I'm going to do my work to make sure that I don't throw a wrench in the middle of that again and start at square one or worse again. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've definitely thrown a lot of wrenches at that. Right. Sure. Right. He's been in the process before and you're like, mm, here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take this. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. Yeah. I want to ask you, do you feel like disclosure? Like, are you all clear or do you feel like, okay, it's all out there. I'm moving forward now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all out there. I mean, I still feel that if, if we end up reconciling, I feel like we should go through another one just because to work that process, you know, in therapy together with, you know, the, the right way. Cause we definitely did it the wrong way. Sure. You don't, like, you don't have any major bombs that no, never no. dropped. Okay. No, there are no, yeah. All, all the major bombs are out. Cause sure. this conversation, cause it's crazy. I, I have to even ask that, but this conversation that you're wanting to have with us right now, the guys want to have it all the time and they have these bombs in the background. And it's like, why are we having this conversation about empathy and building trust? Because you can do major, major, major damage to your relationship when you start the trust building process with skeletons in the closet, right? Yeah. 
So yeah, no, there there are no there are no deep skeletons left anymore. I mean that yeah, last last June was the big bomb, and then like two to three weeks later was when he went through my old phones and found the bigger bombs. And I mean okay. that's that was that was everything right there, all the way back is yeah, there's there's nothing left to drop that's that hasn't okay. dropped. Okay. I just add maybe one more thing to what your original question was here for a second too, Brandon. Um, it's as you, as you kind of start to move forward here, whether you, you can only be as involved as he will allow you to be in his own process, but there is something that's happening where you're jumping in and you're starting to see the light of a new life for yourself and realize that you don't have to be shackled the way that you have for as long as you have. And you're learning to speak a new language and you want to be able to have your partner speak the same language as you. And he hasn't decided to necessarily get the same kind of help as you yet. Right. Um, A lot of times a, a, a guy like you will approach your partner and say, it'll all, it'll all come from like just your perspective of, I want you to be able to speak my language. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. If the approach was slightly different, I want you to get whatever you need, including your own healing. And I happen to believe that there's some things that could actually help you. Like, I want you to be able to have a place to talk with somebody. I want you to have a place to work the grieving process. I want you to have a place to have someone else support you in the pain that I've caused you because I know I can't be that place right now. I support you 100% to go and get some support. And here are some places that I think might be helpful for you. Now you're showing love and concern towards your partner in encouraging them to get help instead of showing selfishness to say, like, hurry and go get help so I can talk with you about these things, right? Because then they feel blamed, they feel diminished, they feel devalued, they feel invalidated. And so making sure that the way that you invite that process to happen is done from a place of concern and care and compassion rather than self-interest. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Which is really hard when, when the truth is, is that you do have your own self-interest in the midst. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like, like, so with the last couple of uh, deep letters we exchanged, I feel like that I portrayed better that empathy towards, towards that. Yeah. It's, it's, I was at a conference years ago, Tyler, you might've been there with me, but this, this couple was getting interviewed and um, she was talking about, she said to the therapist, like, how do I know he's safe? And how do I know I can trust him? And how do I know he's in recovery? And the, the therapist just said, you know, you'll know. So you, you feel it. It's, it's, it really is. I'm, I was coming back to energy. It's an energetic thing. It's wow. Like they have peace in their soul now. Um, they're, they're wide open. They're, they're not hiding. Um, they can hold pain and not shy away from it. They can hold my pain. Um, and so when somebody's acting out in an addiction, there's so much darkness. There's so many secrets. There's just so, so many lies everywhere. That they just, you just don't you don't yeah. want to show yourself to anybody like i mean there's so much of yourself you're scared of that right I mean, and so yeah. think as the partner what they feel when when they're in that relationship with you like hey like something's off this is not like 
So recovery is the opposite of that. Wow. Like he's available to actually connect to on an intimate level. Um, I had a, a client years ago, his, his wife got really mad at him about something she found on his phone. Didn't talk to him for a week. And the story came to where it was like the thing she found wasn't what she thought it was. And he hadn't, he had done nothing wrong. And the old him would have just driven it home to her, like, see, look how good I am. And you're, you know, you're crazy and blah, blah. And the new recovery him stopped and just held space for her and said, God, like to be in a relationship like this, where you find something like that and, and it freaks you out all week long. That's gotta be really hard for you to feel like you can't get close to me. And talk to me about that. Tell me how you're feeling like that. That's way different. The feeling of that guy is way different than the old addict guy. Right. Yeah. So, um, your partner will be able to feel that from you if he gives you a chance, right. He yeah. might put his walls up too too much yeah. to mm-hmm. not give you that chance. I, I hope that he does Brandon. So, well, I mean, and that's, that'd be fair for him to do too. You know, like that's right. You know, I, I, I understand why he would, why he would want to do that. You know, I've only come to that understanding recently, obviously, but, but I get, I get it, you know, like, and I just want to do whatever I can to be the most beneficial for him, I guess, you know, just to, like, I mean, I want to do, I want to do me, you know, I want to be me. I want to have what I need. Right. But I also want to be able to support and, and give the care of it that he needs to and yeah. however he however he wants it you know yep. Brandon we're we're getting a little short on time here i just want to check in with you on a couple of things number 1 what are you kind of just feeling emotionally right now and then number 2 is there anything else that we've left uncovered um i mean right now honestly i'm feeling, feeling calm honestly yeah. like yeah this is a good talk and yeah, I don't really think of anything else like super right at the forefront here to, to um, go over. This discuss I, oh go ahead, Tyler. Oh no, go ahead, Brandon. I'll I'll go after I was you. I was just gonna say this discussion it has been really good. It's to highlight kind of this process because it's so tricky and difficult. Uh, your individual recoveries happen and they happen at their own pace. And then the relationships involved in the middle of it all. And it's like, well, I want to focus on the relationship, which undermines kind of the recovery in some ways. And so I'm sure anybody listening, there's a lot of people that can relate and relate to this. You're at the beginning of, well, I wouldn't even call it the messy middle. You're at, you're at the beginning here, stepping into figuring out how to navigate these things. So this discussion has been awesome, Brandon. I'm sure it's been helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. I I just want to add to that for a minute, Brandon, and say, number one, it took a lot of courage for you to come on the podcast today. And I know that a lot of our people can only hear you because they're just listening to the podcast. I hope that what they've felt as they've listened to you is what I've been feeling as I've been seeing you and listening to you in our meeting, which is I can sense genuineness. I can sense sincerity. I can sense a broken heart that really is committed to the process of change. And and there's also inside of you, there is an inner strength that is kind of shining through. And um, I just want you to know that I feel that and I see that. And I want to thank you for bringing that into my life today. So thank you, Brandon. You're welcome.
Thank you, guys. Um, is there one thing I'd like to bring up? Maybe we could talk afterwards, though. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. That's fine. Um, I, uh, I appreciate you, Brandon. And uh, we'll sign off here. You guys, if this was helpful, please share it. And please, if, if you want to say thank you to Brandon, hop on, leave us a review and mention his name. See you guys. Thanks, guys.